Whenever you're in trouble, Paw Patrol, Paw Patrol will be there on the double. Whenever there's a problem, Brown Adventure Bay, Ryder and his team of pups will come and save the day. Marshall, Rubble, Chase, Rocky, Zuma, Sky, yeah, they're on the way. Paw Patrol, Paw Patrol, whenever you're in trouble, Paw Patrol, Paw Patrol will be there on the double. Hi guys. So this episode's not going to be a very, very normal episode um, because there's, there's really nothing Paw Patrol related. But I feel this incident needs to be discussed on my behalf because, um, well, this is the only place I can really talk about it and uh, talk about my experience. Um, so as a lot of you know, um, I've been in the furry fandom for many, 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 many years. And... Uh, I was in and out of it for quite some time, and I've never seen anything like this before out of my entire time, of course, in and out of the fandom. But as the host of this podcast, I feel that this incident needs to be more than discussed. Um, I'm going to try to be as cool, collected, and professional as possible because um, this, not only does this confuse me and it baffles me, but it also, in a way, very, very much angers me in a very, very nasty way. So there is an individual um, who's in the furry fandom by the Elias name Shadow Larar, who has been causing some serious, serious, and I'm talking some serious problems to me and hordes of other victims. Um, the incidences involve sexual harassment and uh, internet-based harassment and cyber-stalking. And he's been going after me on his Twitter. He's been going after hordes of other victims on Twitter, trying to manipulate the situation as though he's the victim. And it disgusts me. Because uh, I've met the real victims, I have ties with the real victims, The I, the host of uh, this podcast, I have ties with the real victims, and it upsets me that he's getting away with these things, because uh, he knows how to hide evidence from people through Discord, Telegram, the lot, by nuking the chats to cover his ass. And it's deplorable. And it's sad that since he's got all this fame, and and I'm talking like, you know, just the mere mediocre 14,000 followers on TikTok, 15,000 followers on TikTok, and the mere like one or 2,000 on Twitter, right? And it, it, it's it's deplorable because he has all this fame. He 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 basically is cocky. He's being basically a seriously cocky motherfucker. Uh, <laughs> it's not really professional, 
But you know, you know what I'm saying. I'm being as calm and collected as I am. But um, he's basically getting cocky about the whole situation, thinking he's won the situation, mostly because he has all these numbers. And uh, a little something he doesn't understand, numbers don't necessarily matter, especially if you're getting cocky and uh, harassing people to try to silence them because you sexually harassed them online. And uh, not just online, but at Megaplex, at Anthrocon, at Furry Weekend Atlanta, at Be Whiskered, wherever you are. You're just, you're causing these problems for these people. And it's disgusting to know that this person's getting away with it because, uh, or he thinks he's getting away with it. The thing is, is... You guys here at podcast are my popular tavern. Um, he thinks that he thinks that his uh, Soda City Furcon is his popular tavern, and and he thinks that TikTok is his popular tavern. Well, a little something goes to show that you know I have my popular taverns too, and you guys are my popular tavern. <laughs> you know what I mean, and. I'm not saying this in a bad way and part of me, I'm a little muffled because I, you know, I just, I just had an abscess burst the other night. It was pretty gross. I'm not going to go into that. It was nasty and it hurt quite a bit. Still kind of sore, but back to what I'm saying, this incident has overboiled to the point where there's so many victims involved, so much evidence to collect. And he personally, and shadow Larar is the type of person who thinks that we have nothing on him and that there's nothing against him when there's hundreds of victims right now um right now as far as i know there's at least there's at least uh 15 to 16 victims involved from multiple different cons with multiple different ranges of evidence ranging from these cons from excuse me from videos at these cons to videos from other cons. Like I'm talking, these are videos taking place on the con grounds of him doing these things of people. These are videos of, um, and then, and then these are like little snippets of, uh, screenshots and whatever from the net that I'm seeing on Twitter itself. Right. And it's, it's a very, very nasty thing that's going on. And that has been going on for some time. And I'm so mad about it that I don't have the words to describe how bad this situation really is. And me having these ties with these victims and seeing that he's uh, finding ways to cover himself from getting caught is wrong. And knowing that this is not being talked about by others is wrong because he blindsides people and manipulates them into believing them into believing him. And, uh, I have, I've had to cut ties with multiple different friends because they associate with him and they chose to believe him over me. And I'm one of his victims. And he thinks that he has his popular taverns. Well, you guys are my popular tavern, like I just discussed. And um, 
Am I happy about this? Not by a million years. In fact, I'm literally swallowing the anger and the anguish that I feel about this situation. Because I'm trying to, other than the last little bit, other than the little bit of cursing I just presented in this episode, I'm trying to be as cool and collective about it as possible because I could go on an immature rampage. Like, I I have that much anger balled up inside. I choose not to. I have told him multiple times to put a stop to this, and he refused. He kept going at me and many others, especially one individual in particular that I'm not going to disclose right away, on TikTok. And uh, it's just, it's immature, it's stupid, and he's basically the type of person that can't take the heat. He, he's willing to give the heat, but he can't take it himself, and he'll do anything to avoid getting caught. He's that type of person. And it's a sad thing because a lot of these people that he's harassing are minors. And at this Soda City Fur Con thing that he's wanting to start, he's wanting to put um, 18 and up type of themes in the same room as kids, as far as I've heard. And that's pretty bad. He wants to keep he wants to keep kids, I'm talking minors under the age of 18 in the same room as adults who are into um, 18 and older type of stuff. I'm talking sexual stuff. And you're wanting to put these kids in the same room, the same empty open room with these people that could do some very deplorable things to these people, to especially to these kids. That's like the prime definition of uh, not only pedophilia, for one, but that's the prime definition of the furry fandom looking bad, and that that's the whole thing about it, you know? People wonder why the furry fandom looks bad, and, you know, th- though I've been in and out of the fandom, I really shouldn't be talking, but, you know, I'm just saying it anyway just to get this off my chest, and I'm surprised I can fit this in a full episode. But people want to know why the furry fandom looks bad. It's because of this. People like this guy, like Shadow Lerar in general, are the reason why the furry fandom looks bad in itself. And that's coming from someone who's been in in and out of the fandom. And I've had, I'll admit, I've had my moments too where I have, where I've gone off immaturely and where I've had incidences where I don't think before acting. You know, I've had, I, I, I will admit, I've had my incidences. I'm not perfect. I'm not a perfect person. And I even make mistakes and bad choices like everybody else because I'm human. And I accept that. You know, it's for me, it's what I learned from these past mistakes that get me through my life. You know, that get they, they, that it, that's just that's the one thing that gets me through life. You know, the whole thing that's sad about this is the fact that he thinks he's getting away with this. When, in my personal opinion, he doesn't know what's coming because uh, he's only in the eye of the hurricane as far as what I'm seeing. Now, I'm not going to talk about anything I'm seeing because I know what I'm seeing. I just refuse to talk. Um, but with what I'm seeing and how everything's playing out, the cards have yet to be played. There are still more cards to come. And uh, he's not safe. By any means. He can continue to be cocky all he wants to, but he isn't safe. 
The cards, ha- the real cards have yet to be played. As of right now, he's only in the eye of the Category 5 hurricane that is about to come his way. You know, and I'm not saying that to threaten him or scare him. I'm just saying it because it's the stone-cold truth. It's the hard truth, you know? And it's it's just sad that there are people like this in the fandom that exist like this. It, it's It's absolutely deplorable, and it, it's just so sad, you know? That people like this are the ones who get famous. People like this are the ones who exist and go for the attention. And that's all it is, is they're they're absolute go-getters for attention. And I will admit, I've had my phase where I was like that. And I refuse to be that guy again. You know, I never manipulated anybody. I never, you know, harassed really. I've never really harassed anybody online unless you've given me a reason to. You know, the minute you come at me first is the minute I'm going to go at you because I'm not, you know, I'm not scared of nobody online, you know, because it's just a face behind a computer screen, you know, and that, that, that's just my honesty, you know, it's, I just am lost for words as to what these victims are going through. I am lost for words as to how deplorable this guy really is. Like I'm literally holding down the anger because I could, I could, I literally want to scream about how bad this is right now. It's, it's so bad. It's, it's unbelievably deplorable. And the fact that, and the fact that uh, he thinks he's getting away with it is even worse. It's even worse because uh, right now, with the way I'm seeing it, he just, he's just thinking that he's winning right now by keep, by us being quiet. And by me being quiet as well up until now. And he he thinks he thinks he's winning this situation and he's not winning. You know, the way I'm seeing it, there's still more to come. There are still more cards to be dealt. And uh, it it's coming. The eye of the hurricane is coming. Because everyone knows he's going to slip up again. He's going to do something deplorable again. And he's going to get caught. There's no denying it. So it, it's just, it's sad and deplorable that this, that this is even going on, you know. But uh, the situation had escalated to the point where um, he was fired from Megaplex because of what was going on in UC because he was staffing at Megaplex. And he was recently fired from Megaplex. And decided to, uh, based on what I've seen and heard, he decided to record the meeting. Not realizing that recording the meeting, like I have an audio recorder right here for, um, like right here, I have an audio recorder right here for, uh, you know, my voiceover work, my voiceover portfolio, because I, I do voiceover, I'm a voice actor, as well as, you know, a pod, you know, as well as a podcast host, but I use this for like my voice portfolio as well as maybe if someone decides they're going to get interviewed on the show, I have like, you know, excess mics, like a lavalier mic or like a little like plug in mic or something that I can use with with, you know, with the right piece to fit it in. But, you know, if ever I were to do an interview for this show or if I were to do, you know, something that would require me to go portable, that's the, the reason behind buying this and an external mic, like a little plug and play mic. So I can uh, have this to do the interview with 
so it's more portable and easier to, you know, access the, you know, it, I figured it would be the right, right equipment for the job to uh, easily access this. So I'm not having to, you know, take my microphone apart and have to lug all my mic equipment around. So let's face it, that's too much work. But the incident got to the point where he was fired from Megaplex because of this. And I don't think him getting fired from Megaplex was wrong. I feel like it was just personally, I feel it was justified because people like that don't. Do, and if you look at his Twitter, if you look at at Shadow Larar on Twitter, uh, which is his Twitter tag, you will you guys will see how bad this individual really is and incredibly toxic. Like he's literally the so far the most toxic furry on the Internet today based on what I've seen. And it's it's deplorable. And then with what I've seen him being friends with Garo Shadowscale make, takes the cake even worse because uh, he had the nerve to say that I support Kara the Wolf on, on Twitter, <laughs> which is kind of funny. It, it made me laugh so, 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 so very hard. I I I looked at it and, and it's just like he, he's using this to try to cover himself because he supports Garo Shadowscale. Like, I don't care about who people support, but if you're going to if you're going to use that as a harassment tactic against me, then I'm then it gives me a reason to uh, pull your name out of the gutter. OK, because uh, in other words, you mu- you need to choose your words wisely. You need to be careful with what you put out there. You know, it's the situation is just so, so very bad. And Shadow Larar is a very, very, very bad person, in my opinion. Coming after me, coming after all these victims, it, it's really, really bad. Nobody deserves this. No one deserves to be dealing with this. And the reason why I'm putting this out to you guys, this episode here, is because I just want you guys to be aware of this guy. Be careful. You know, because people like this exist, and you need to know the signs. You have to watch the signs. Um, there's a video I'm going to link up on uh, the podcast website. Uh, I'll link it into the description of this episode that basically talks about the 10 signs of manipulation. And it's from, it's from one of my favorite YouTube channels ever called, uh, called Psych2Go. But yeah, the only reason why I have um, my audio recorder here, let me see if I can find the other microphone to it. Where is it? Here it is. That's one of them. But the one I have is a um, that I plug into it to use is it's a ceremonic mic. It's nothing crazy expensive. It's like a thirty dollar plug and play mic. And then I bought a um, another mic called the uh, Pop Voice mic that you can pick up on Amazon for like twelve bucks. So these microphones I got for uh, for the audio recorder is not that expensive because you know the audio recorder itself is expensive. It's like a fifty dollar. It's like a $50, $60 audio recorder. Um, it's, an, it's an Olympus VN541 PC. So basically what it is, is it's, it's one of these one, one of these little guys you can, you know, take a micro data transfer cable, like a micro USB data transfer cable and plug up into your computer and extract the audio files from. Um, but basically, I, I bought the uh, pop voice microphone because it had a TRS port with its TRRS port. So basically it had like a detachable little TRS port that I can use to plug into the microphone port of the uh, Olympus recorder. 
And then I can take any plug and play mic that has the TRRS or the four ringed port. And I can just plug that thing right into the top of that uh, TRS port. And it's now officially, it's now officially been uh, migrated into a, uh, into the mic, the proper microphone for the audio recorder. And I like the ceremonic mic the best because it's small, lightweight and portable. I can like put it in a bag or something. But my favorite thing about it is I can tilt it. I can turn it around, you know, I can do like, I can turn it around in all different angles, ways and sides to be able to set it up. You know, it's a nice little microphone for $30. And then I bought the pop voice one for like 12 bucks for like, if I'm in the mood to just use a lavalier mic, but uh, for like solo podcasting on the go. Um, but this is like, th- this is like a little setup that I have for on the go podcasting that I use to record, I to record my, you know, like interviews on this thing for podcasts or I can use it for uh, my voiceover work for my voiceover portfolio. But uh, that those are the uses I have for this audio recorder. But um, my question, though, uh, back to what I'm originally talking about, as cool as that audio recorder is, and I could talk about it all I want to, but, you know, now it's not a good time. This episode's not a good time for that. But um, what baffled me was the fact that uh, he recorded the entire, like, the entire meeting just to use it to intimidate other people and i have a snippet of the recording but i refuse to release it because uh like on the podcast and in general because uh now it's not the time to release it right now and also because i don't want to put the victims involved at at greater risk than they already are um because the situation has gotten to the point where last i heard somebody actually reported this guy to the feds last i heard so uh meaning that his information last i checked was given to the federal authorities at last i had heard about so um as far as it's concerned words probably out that the authorities are probably watching him so uh you know we i don't know what's going on you know as far as the incident is concerned uh i just know what i know but it, it baffled me that he went as far as recording as recording the uh, whole incident on his computer to try to get leverage over his victims. It's a, like a taunt, like a whole taunting control game. And uh, eventually, like I said, he'll eventually slip up. He'll eventually mess up. And when he does, he's only as of right now in the eye of the major hurricane. When, when the minute he slips up, somebody's going to capture it. The way I'm seeing things, someone's going to basically outpace the fox and capture everything before he nukes the chat. And when that happens, when that happens, he will officially then be caught. And when he's officially caught, it's over. And he doesn't realize that right now. He's just he's too cocky to realize what's really going on. You know, he's he's basically too into the thought of, oh, I won. These people are officially silenced. When he doesn't, when he clearly doesn't know that, you know, I've got that I basically have a popular tavern of my own, just like he does. You know, everyone has a popular tavern of some type, whether it's me, whether it's me with the podcasting shindig, him with his TikToks, you know, it doesn't matter. Everybody, ha- he, he needs to understand that everybody has a popular tavern of their own in some way, shape or form. Everyone has a popular tavern somewhere. 
that could end up becoming their secret weapon. Like, it's a little something he doesn't know. Now, my advice for this individual ending this episode, my advice about this is if you see any of his tweets, just block him, report him, you know, just... Just, you know, do what you got to do to stay clear of this guy because he's a menace. He really is. I've heard all kinds of crazy, crazy stories that are not suitable for this podcast. I, I mean it. That's bad enough that I curse and swear in this podcast. The last thing you need is to hear some very, very, very traumatizing stuff based because of what I've heard from um, a lot, lots of people. This guy is into very, 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 very disturbing stuff. Um, one thing I will point out, though, is there is a furry community that I heard about. I want to, uh, I want to look them up. I think they're. I forgot what they're called. Let me. I know what they are. I just can't say it. Um, let me look it up real quick. Give me a second. It's furry something, but they're a neo-Nazi group. I can't think of what they're called, but he has ties to this group uh, based on what I've heard. Um, let me see if I can find that. Here, um, let me see if I can find them real quick. So the group is called um, the Furry Raiders. And basically this furry group online, Shadow, apparently based on what I've heard, Shadow Larar has ties to these people. Um... And they are a very, very, very neo-Nazi cult-like group. And I had explained to the person that shared this to me. I'm not giving them out. I refuse to talk. But basically, this person, when they told this to me, I had to explain this to them that this hits me pretty hard. Like, the whole, like, Nazi thing. Because uh, my family originated from Germany. My great my great grandparents came out of uh, they came out of a small town in Germany, and uh, that town was basically firebombed because of everything going on with the riots. It's uh yeah it was Dresden, Germany. Uh, I'm reading my mother's text about it now, but um, my family originated from Dresden, Germany, which is a small town in Germany that not only involved the Nazi riots during World War II but also was nuked by firebombs because of uh, Nazi organizations gathering to build a, uh, a water-based atomic bomb. So uh, with, it, it's in the history books. Uh, it, will, it will explain it. But it was an area, it was one of the areas involved where, where the Germans were building their own atomic weapon, and like a new, their own nuclear atomic weapon. It was one of the areas involved in it between and then before the war when uh hitler became chancellor he or he was on the road to becoming chancellor they had what was called the nazi riots or the riots of dresden germany uh in 1939 so uh you can be able to look that up too online if you want but my my great grandparents they had like they had photos because one my great grandpa he was a photographer during that time he was old school photographer we're talking this big old old school camera um but he was a photographer he was a film photographer during that time in germany he was he was quite well known too so uh you know people his last name uh, i don't think his last name was stewart um i think that he was his last name wasn't stewart 
because they changed their name. They changed their name to uh, they changed their name to Asin after they uh, moved overseas. It, they gave themselves, you know, American names to after they moved overseas, but uh, to the United States, to, it was to get away from the war. It was to get away from the riots. It was to get away from the fire bombings. Uh, but they didn't know the fire bombings were going to happen, which you know, I, I you know, I read this based on history. But they at the time they didn't know what what was the you know the fire bombs were going to happen. But um, based on my grandmother's story and you know what she's told me on her history lesson, three weeks after coming to the states in the middle of their verification process that was when the fire bombings of germany were planned it was when the situation became that that inevitant because they they left um they left that area to get away from the war because they didn't want to be a part of the war you know it was to protect their lives you know they came to the us to protect their own life and to do this they had to uh take a they had to take a boat out of germany and head over to the United States, which took a lot, I bet. I feel like it took a lot. But they kept an old cigar box, and it's a family heirloom. It's a it's a Stewart family heirloom. But in this box is photos of, of photos of like not all the Nazi soldiers. Um it's like it was like photos of the of like Nazi soldiers. It was photos of Nazi officers during the riots. Um there were photos of like very, very hard photos to look at, but there were photos of uh, Jews getting killed in uh, one of the concentration camps over in Dresden. And I was surprised that my great grandfather even got over there without getting shot. I was like, I was like, how did he make it over there and back without getting shot? But that, but they let, apparently they, apparently they would actually let German civilians in. And it was because he looked he it was because he was German blood. He was basically in their sense pure blood. Even though he didn't have the even though he didn't have the hair, he had the eyes. So they must they basically took him as a pure blood, right? Since he had the eyes. They were like, okay, you know, but they would let the pure bloods in. And I don't know why. I, I never and based on what she told me, and I never understood why. I was like, so you're going to let civilians walk through this area sometimes? Like, that's a little, that's a little scary. <laughs> you're going to let them walk through. But he was able to get in and he took photos of the, of, of one of the concentration camps. And it's, it's a scary thing. And I've even looked at this box, at this old cigar box, because my mother showed it to me after my grandmother passed away. But these were photos of one of the concentration camps, uh, you know, Jews getting killed in one of the concentration camps, and I, you know, and I feel bad, like, looking at these photos and seeing just, just the carnage itself from just, you know, face-to-face -face with these photos, seeing the carnage firsthand of these concentration camps, seeing the photos firsthand of the riots, seeing the photos firsthand after the firebombing of Dresden, it was, it was unbelievable. Like, I was lost for words looking at these photos because these photos are raw history. They are raw evidence of an event, that, of multiple events in Dresden during, the world, during World War II. You know, during the rise, in, during the rise of the Third, during the rise in, in the pitfall of the Third Reich. It was unbelievable. I was staring, basically holding these photos 
and looking at these old my mom had to relaminate them so they wouldn't fall apart but looking at these like over 100 year old photos and they even had dates on the back of them too and his handwriting was nice i'm not gonna lie my great-grandfather has some really nice handwriting but um basically what i'm saying is is these old photos some of them they dated back to uh the beginning like the the spring of 39 when the spring of 1939 when the riots were taking place in dresden they were taken that they were they were taken some of them were taken in the early to late 40s during world war ii and then after the the bombing after like the before and after the fire bombings it was it was that was pretty much it but there's a lot of photos inside this cigar box it's it's like stuffed with photos of old of old photography from the war and i i hold on to this story it's a family heritage it's a family heirloom i hold on to this and i live with this because there's photos like raw photos of such history that exist with my family and to know that my family was a part they we weren't really a part of this we were we were just civilians living through this and getting away from this trying to get away from the war you know and that was the whole idea was to get away from it you know for our own sake but it, it was so bad and it, it was it was such such a deplorable thing to see you know the death i was literally it felt like i was staring death in the face looking at some of these photos it was unreal and seeing that somebody associates with a group with a nazi or with any type of nazi neo-nazi socialist group i'm not saying I'm, I'm not trying to press them but i'm saying that it is very it's very concerning to me and it hits me pretty hard because they don't know what my what my family has been through you know they don't know what my family has seen during the war the photos that were taken during the war you know it was it was horrendous. It was, it was just words can't describe pictures. Basically pictures are worth a thousand words. And that's the reality of, of my family's experience with this, with this kind of thing, with the real thing. And even hearing about a neo-Nazi group or even hearing about a Nazi group in general hits way too hard. Like it, it it's like a punch to the chest because it takes a it takes a real individual with with a family with a family history of something like this to know what it really is to know the carnage and the problems that things like this can cause you know people can support whatever they want to support i'm not pressing against anyone who supports what they want to support but all i'm saying is is be careful with what you support because you don't know what you're getting yourself into you want to research what you're getting yourself into before you jump into the gun, you know, because it might be something you can't get out of. And to know that that Shadow Lerar has ties to these individuals and to hear about this is bad. It's very, very bad. And it scares me. You know, it's. It's not it's not a good thing. So I advise anybody who is listening and who talks to him, please stop talking to him, please. I'm not saying this to start some kind of cult. I'm saying this for your safety, 
because Shadow Larar is a dangerous individual. He's a monster. He's a wolf in sheep's clothing. He he's a monster. He's not that he's not the nice nitty gitty person that you think he is. There's evidence on his Twitter. There's evidence on his Instagram. There's evidence on his TikTok. He's not a nice guy. He is a Nazi and he is a liar and a manipulator. He's basically part of a cult group that's dangerous. He's a basically he's a furry neo-Nazi and he's not the type of person you want to be involved with. And I hate saying that, even mentioning the word Nazi, because uh, my family comes from Germany. We originated from Germany, dressed in Germany. And it hurts to say this, but that's what happened during the war. And I have and I have a family history tie with this with this war. And that's why talking about this hurts so much. But anyone that talks to this guy, please get away from him while you still can. Because the situation's going to overboil. He's, ca- he's caused so many people so many problems. And it's not going to stop until he's arrested. Because that's how he is. He doesn't know how to stop. He doesn't. And that's what you get out of a furry neo-Nazi. Really, it is. They're the type of people who don't know how to shut up at all. Until they get their batukas' beat or they get shot. They they won't hush until they're arrested or shot, and it's it's not I'm not saying this is a threat. I'm saying this is a reality. This is real. This is a reality. Shadow Larar is a dangerous man. He's dangerous, absolutely dangerous, and I beg you all to please block him, report him if you want to. I don't care, but for the safety of your but for the simplicity and for safety just block him and don't associate he's a wolf in sheep's clothing he's a monster and i beg this of you for your safety i hope that this gets through to you guys and i hope you heed this warning i hope you take this experience into heart though i was a teeny bit immature about it i hope you take this experience into heart and i i hope to god that you block him Report him, whatever you want, whatever you want to do to protect yourself, please do it. Just don't start anything with him. Don't try to associate with him because he's among the unreasonable. And like I said, neo-Nazis, especially furry neo-Nazis, are the type of people that are unreasonable and will do anything to either protect their image and get out of trouble or will do anything to try to get somebody on their side because they're monsters. All of them are. So uh, I beg you, please, please, please avoid this man at all costs. Do not fall victim to his manipulation games, okay? He, like I said, he's a neo-Nazi and he's a monster. I can't stress this enough. So um, for your protection, block him, report him for your protection. After that, ignore him. He tries to contact you, ignore him, block him. Because he's also good at making alternate accounts as well. Like, I've, I've seen alternate accounts on Telegram get made. He runs three, four, five, God knows how many alternate accounts because he's a cyber stalker. He doesn't know how to stop. He won't stop until he gets what he wants or until he goes to jail or gets shot. That's the type of individual Lorar is. And that's why I employ all of you to stay safe and do what you got to do to protect yourselves. Until next time, guys, stay safe and stay out of trouble. 